your story Fill up the pages Sing a little song Keep me around Keep me with you Right by your nightstand Keep me around As long as you can Hello everybody and welcome to ADD Storytelling, a podcast in which we explore the myths and stories of our time, the past, and the future in no particular sequence and occasionally with less than perfect focus. My name is Tucker and I'm joined by our diaphanous neurodivergent host, Maddie. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How you doing today? Oh good. Um, oh, so what I did want to say is that this is episode two, yeah? And then our first episode, we were not married. And then our second episode, we've now transformed into married. Right. I could add wife into that descriptor the, in the intro there. Well, I don't know if, like, we're making it known here in our second episode, but perhaps we'll, like, never reference that we're married in our, our day-to-day. Yeah, I don't see how that could ever come up. It might not be it's, a thing. Yeah, it's just not something we ever talk about. Right, right, right. So here, this is where the champagne thing comes in. Are we doing it? We don't have to do it that close to the mic. We don't want to deafen people. Huh. That's too much oh, yeah, of a decibel. That's, that's spiked. Yeah, well, no, not? leave it in. Like, that'll be good. Just sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're yeah. underestimating the power of the the hundred dollar mic, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not underest- not underestimating it as much as I'm just kind of rolling with it. That's really good. That's quite nice. Okay. Cool Airbnb champagne. <laughs> All right. So today we are talking about kitsune. Nice jumping into it. Which are spirit foxes, Japanese in origin specifically. Mm. Though there are several other variations in Asia, like around there, we're focusing on kitsune today. Now, if I might ask, what um, what in recent media or pop culture? brought this to your attention as a topic that you would like to discuss so anything that like features a spirit fox that one might like interact with and or follow and occasionally pet is that is that so there is and this is not why i wanted to do it didn't think it would be but but there is of course naruto Okay. Being, he's like got a spirit fox trapped inside him, and it's like the great sacrifice that he makes, but it's also the reason he's greatly scorned in the village. And our dearest friends will applaud me for talking about Naruto, much to my chagrin. Um, But also, the most recent thing, my favorite, favorite thing lately, I mean, well, since I discovered her, is Gail Carriger, and of course she has Kitsune as part of her shifter community in the romance paranormal romance novel those two well what what were you gonna say that game you play the game we play oh but those aren't kitsune that's a nari so they're kind of similar so they're in learning stuff already okay so in the in the video game ghost of tsushima there are also several spirit foxes that are like um the nari which they work for the god they're messengers yeah and i did cover that in here and we'll get to that okay so yeah, but they're 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 in reference, yes. But there's types of spirit foxes. So well, this is cool because I already have loads of questions. Cool. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, 
Kitsune or foxes, yes. Um, our main sources today are Kitsune, Japan's Fox of Mystery, Romance, and Humor by Kiyoshi Nozaki in, from 1961. And I'll tell you, it is difficult to find a book in English about Japanese culture by someone who's Japanese, and I found one. You're welcome. How did you find it? A lot of Google searching. Mm. And also Wikipedia summaries, very briefly. And then there's, like, an article about Kitsune and, like, phone calls from Tofugu.com. So, whatever. Okay, so, Kitsune or foxes? They're noted for having multiple tails. As many as nine, but it could be from, like, anywhere from, like, three to nine. And, like, the amount of the tails is, like, how powerful it is. Right off the bat, uh... So nine is the max. Nine is max. So that's why that's the highest level evolved Pokemon. That's nine tails. Nine tails, yeah. Which is evolved from Vulpix. Vulpix. Which I want to say has six, but I'm not a hundred percent. Had three. I don't know. Should we Wait, Google yeah, it? Yeah, no, I got you. You keep going with the story. I'll, I'll do some. You don't have any have phone signal. Shit. You God just need damn. to get a better phone plan. Uh, Nah. Uh, Vulpix. And then my secondary question is, Kitsune, does that translate to just Fox? One, two, three, four, five, six. I was right, which I know I, I thought I would be right because I was obsessed my favorite one. So. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. <laughs> but, yeah, my secondary question. <laughs> All right, one point for Maddie in the right category. Um, my secondary question is, ooh, that, that champagne almost went down. <laughs> no? no, it's recorded. Um, I can cut secondary it Secondary is... Uh, Kitsune, does that translate to fox? Okay, so that's in here, actually. Is it a sp- like, if one in Japanese is referring to a fox, do they say kitsune, or do they say something else? Does kitsune specifically refer to a more ephemeric, it's a mythical fox. esoteric? Yeah, okay. Okay, so, like I said, the greater number of tales, more old, more powerful. Oh, in general, too. Yeah. In general, some folktales say a fox will only grow additional tails after it's lived about a century. And the most common are one, five, seven, and nine tails. So Those are the most common ones? Yeah. See, those the most Interestingly, Vulpix is six, so that's cool. Um, you definitely find more Vulpix around than the nine tails, like just in my experience playing Pokemon. And when a Kitsune gains its ninth tail, its fur becomes white or gold. So they gain the ability... So, I cannot say this at all, so I'm sorry. Um, Thisikyubi no kitsune, which, please correct me, and if you send a soundbite, I will work it into our next episode. Thisikyubi no kitsune gain the abilities to see and hear anything happening anywhere in the world, so they're omnipresent. Um, And they have infinite... No. Omniescence? Omniescence, yeah, because prescience would imply, like, more of a sage, like, prophetic... Some tales also speak of Kitsune with even greater powers, able to bend time and space, drive people mad, take fantastic shapes such as a tree of incredible height or a second moon in the sky. Um, okay. Other Kitsune have characteristics reminiscent of vampires or succubi and feed on the life or spirit of human beings, generally through sexual contact. Oh, oh shit. So just like Lovecraft Country. Yeah, but that's a Korean fox. Yeah, but a it's Kumiho, a Which is totally different. Uh, not different in the sexual aspect of things. As- well... But it's Korean, and this is it's not the same. No, I know, but there's definitely there's it's connecting really, like tissue. Like I said, related. There's yeah, many yeah, foxes. That's not sure. the one we're talking about. <laughs> Certainly. We'll do another thing on things. So, um, also, all of these titles in this book, so in 
Kitsune Kiyoshi's Kiyoshi Nozaki's book. Mm. There are so many good titles of Kitsune stories, so they have a bunch of Kitsune stories. And I just wanted to share um, four of my favorites with you. Please. Fox luring a peddler by its occult powers. Fox making a fish dealer intoxicated. Okay. The story of a fox fond of riding on a horse's buttocks. Uh, the story of a fox who got killed assuming the form of a cedar tree. These are all like, like post like post punk album titles. They're so and good. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> Except for like, I don't know the the one about fond of riding on a horse's buttocks. That's a little too. I thought that would speak to you. Oh, it speaks to me f- for sure, but it just doesn't. It's not the same flavor profile as the other three. Right. And I enjoy it. Two things, two types of foxes that we're going to be talking about. The Inari foxes, which come up in Ghost of Tsushima, and the Kitsune foxes. Since I'm spending most of the time on the Kitsune foxes because they're infinitely more interesting, we're going to talk really briefly about Inari. White foxes are guardians and messengers of the deity Inari, the god of rice. Rice is the symbol of life in ancient times, and obviously very culturally significant now. Okay, so... The word inari comes from ine, a rice plant, and inari literally means the growing of rice plants. Interestingly, the Japanese suffix of ri relates to divine power, the works and feelings of God. So the foxes themselves are not really considered to be gods, though some consider them to be like synonymous with the god inari. They remain popular. So fox shrines, in general, have red tori gates, you know, those like pretty mm. gates that have the little roof on them. Do you think, is there, could one say that there's like a similarity between the foxes and uh say odin's ravens where they're like they are supernatural beings but they're not gods yeah they're, they're messengers like of deity yeah the most famous fox shrine which i've been to and it was freaking amazing Watch your language. um was the fushimi inari taija in kyoto it has hundreds of tori gates that lead up to the top of the mountain and you can hike all the way up there and they have a bunch of stone foxes it's really Did you cool. go all the way um, they're also called Miobu. This is also the name of a rank of court ladies in the year 980. A devoted follower of this rank became a consort of Mikado and attributed her success to the foxes, sharing her rank with the name. Her rank name with them. So, anyway. Is there any of the sexual context, like, baked into that? There is, like, a thing, like, with Japanese women, court ladies are considered to be, like, beautiful and fox-like. If they have, like, white, like, the white faces and if you're face is narrower, you're, like, more fox-like, and therefore, like, sometimes more beautiful. It depends on the context. Does the white refer to the nine-tailed fox? It's considered, like, white rice powder was, like, a beauty thing Mm -hmm. that people did. I'm just connecting this back to earlier when you said that the oldest of the kintsune were turned either gold or white. I think that's a god thing. Ah, okay. Like... Light colors associated with like the divine realm. That and kind of thing. This is different than geisha. Yeah, court ladies and geisha are totally different. I figured as much, but I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, I don't have the education nor the yeah, time cultural. to go into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> cultural understanding to dig into that one, but yeah. Yeah, the Inari are basically on the straight and narrow. They swore ten oaths to the god to become messengers, and they have nothing to do with the mischief of the nogitsune, as in the the wild foxes. So one of their sacred duties is also to try to keep the wild foxes in check, all the kitsune. The family descended from Hatas, the founder of the Fushimi Shrine, are said to have a secret way of driving away wild fox possession, which we will might go into later if we have time. 
Mmm. On to Kitsune, are you ready? Oh, I'm re- um, just now? Yeah. What were we talking about before? Inari. Oh. Now we're, done, now we're on to the Kitsune, the wild foxes that are very mischievous and therefore magical, etc. Re- okay. So yeah, we're, sure. We're on to the, re- the real fox. Let's get on to the biz. topic of the podcast now. So, Nozaki says that Kitsu comes from the sound of a fox's bark, and Ne signifies an, effo- an affection or fondness. So, Kitsune. So, it's like partially an onomatopoeia? Right. However, Kitsu is archaic. Modern language would sound more like konkon. So, well, yeah. Not really yeah, anything like Kitsu. So. Of course it would. Kitsune are supposed to be able to emit fire by stroking their tails. They're also mm-hmm. capable of metamorphosis. They bewitch both animals and humans. They often turn into pretty women, but apparently there aren't any tales where a woman turns into a fox. Anyway, hmm. Kitsune are experts of shape-shifting and can change into any form, but especially charmingly seductive women. Oh, yeah. The men they trick into loving them will die, eventually. Or be, like, very sick. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, most of our stories come from the Heian era and the Edo area. So, from ni- ugh, 781 to 1185, and from 1615 to 1867. There's a weird story where some bandit was going around cutting women's hair on the streets of Edo, and they couldn't catch them, so they just called him a haircutting kitsune. Very strange. There's also stories where kitsune use magic and illusion to trick men into shaving their heads like a Buddhist monk. Is this like a big Mm. deal? You know, your hair. Superstition abounded in these times, enough that kitsune were alive in the minds of the people, so that's how it's always been. Like, can we really say if it was real or not. Before we get into a couple stories, I wanted to talk a little bit about poetry. So yeah, there's please do. a couple poems that are like haikus, but they're Senryu poetry. So it's created during the Tenmei era, 1781 to 88. You're going to read his poetry? There's a few of them. Fuck yeah. It's a kind of haiku, but usually comical. Satire, like satire of life and human nature. Get ready to laugh. Tells the truth of life in a bold fashion. So there's three of them, and then there's a paragraph after explaining, like, what the heck they're talking about, because it's, like, a cultural reference that we won't understand. It's like a real Ricky Gervais sense of humor. Something like that. No, not really, because he's a piece of shit, but yeah, like, let's do it. They spoke highly of Munichika when possessed by a fox. So, nobody will speak highly of a person when possessed by a fox. In this case, however, it's different. Munichike, the great swordsmith, was possessed by a sacred fox of the god Inari, he was made famous by the blade he tempered by the help of the kitsune. It was only natural they spoke highly of him. Hmm. Can I read the next one? Sure. Dope. At each stroke of his companion's hammer, Munachika was filled with awe and fear. Why was that funny, Maddie? Now his companion was not an ordinary one. He was, Munachika knew, a white fox sent from God of the Naruto system. Yeah. So the Naruto system? What'd you say? Inari. Inari's, sorry. Two assistant. Oh, okay, so shit. I totally misheard you. This last one is is my favorite. Kokaji finished tempering the blade, moistening his eyebrows all the time. They believed in Japan that the best way to prevent a fox from bewitching them was to moisten their eyebrows with saliva with their fingers. Okay. Kokaji, the swordsmith... That rules. Munichika knew that a fox was helping him in making the blades, so he never forgot to moisten his eyebrows with saliva as a precaution in the version of this in your book. So they still moisten their eyebrows with saliva jokingly in Japan when they hear an incredible talk, for example, about a fishing excursion. <laughs> we both did it at the same moment. We both moment. did an eyebrow. That was great. <laughs> thing. We both... Ah, wow. All right. I feel safer. So... Assume you're going to cover this, because like, the only thing I guess I knew about Kinsune was that 
the mushy mushy thing. That's coming later? That's at the end. Okay. Modern time. Sorry. Spoiler. Here again, a story of a fox. This one is... It's a fox! Yep. Story of a fox sucking up the energy of a feudal lord. Hmm. Okay, here we go. Um, this is what I can... A story found in the Otogiboko, consisting of 13 volumes, including more than 60 ghost-like stories written by Asai Ryue. Ryue? Hmm? Died in 1709. Oh, so this is this old, like, silent film story. Feudal Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. During the 16th century... Goes back a minute. There lived a man named Koyata at Musa of Omi province. Province. He was a very fond of sumo wrestling, and he was plucky. <laughs> he would have to be. <laughs> he was the he proprietor of an inn, an inn. A plucky inn owner? That's right. <laughs> yeah, bullshit. This story sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Once he was walking along the bank of the Shinohara in the fading light of a dull autumn afternoon, when he saw a fox praying in earnest, facing to the north, standing on its hind legs with a skull on its head. An act supposed to be performed by a fox before turning itself into the shape of a human being. Yeah, we all know that. Each time the skull fell off from its head, the fox replaced it and continued to pray. Important question. Human skull? As before. Does not say. Well, we need to know that. The skull tumbled down often, but it finally stayed securely on the head. The fox continued to pray about 100 times. Presently, Koyata, the innkeeper... Saw the fox turn itself into the form of a girl of 17 or 18. That was the skull. The skull facilitated the transformation. So did the skull get incorporated into this, like, small teenage girl? I think so, because I think in other tales, Was it her skull? When they turn back, the skull falls off their head. Did the skull come from, like, a a grave that this fox decimated? No idea. I've got questions for this fox. I got nothing. Well, you should have more. Cool. He had never seen such a pretty girl before in his life. It was already night. He found that the girl was crying out bitterly. She was crying her whole heart out. He felt sorry to see her crying, even though she knew <laughs> he knew she was a fox. What's the matter with you, girl? He asked her. Where in the world are you going now when it is already dark? Answered the girl. I am a girl of Yogo, a distant country to the north. The other day, a general named Kinoshita Tochikiro, about 30 years later to become Tototomu Hiroyoshi. Sorry, it's hard to read that because it's blurred. It is, in Maddie's uh, defense, a scan of what looks like a very scholarly tycoon. Um, the tycoon came and attacked the castle of Yamamotoyama. It's this name of my... The tea that you can buy at Daiso is really good. Um, the castle fell in Yogo. We're Yoga, sponsored by them, by the way. So my native place. Is that good money? <laughs> I, we need sponsors. Uh, <laughs> Daiso. Get us up. The castle fell in Yogo, my native place, and other places were reduced to ashes by the invading army. My father and brother died in battle, and my mother became sick. The soldiers broke into the house and looted all of the valuables. Mother got angry and used abusive language to them, and they killed her on the spot. I concealed myself among the bush and escaped. I am now alone, alone in this wide world. I am so helpless. Now I am going to kill myself by throwing myself into the water. So I am crying without self-restraint, not afraid of what others may think. Koyata was sure the girl was a fox trying to bewitch him. However, pretending not to know anything about its natural shape, he said, What a pity. I am a poor man. However, I can afford to support you. 
Come to my house, if you don't mind, said the girl. I am so happy to hear that. I will be faithful to you like a daughter. Okay. Koyata, on returning home, refrained from telling his wife that the girl was a fox. His wife loved the girl. You just going to want to leave that one out. I mean, it's going to raise more questions. I mean, it's just, I brought this young girl home. Just, she's just going to hang out here. I don't need to mention she's also a fox. She was had, she had a skull earlier. I don't know where that went. It's fine. I'm, so where were we? His wife loved the girl. The latter was very obedient and worked hard for the family, and they lived together in harmony. In the beginning of the Tensho era, from 1587 to 1591, peace was ensured in the Omi province, with Kinoshita Tochikiro ruling over all the province. Yeah, that sounds peaceful. One day, Ishida Inosuke, Ichinosuke happened to pass through Koyata's district and put up at his inn where Ishida fell madly in love with the girl. Without, of course, knowing that she was a fox. It's a fox! <laughs> the innkeeper, Koyata, was requested by Ishida to part with the girl. Said Koyata, Other daimo, feudal lords, who saw her told me so. However, I have to keep her for my living. Uh, but if you would consent to give me a sum of 100 ryo, a unit of old Japanese coinage, I might accede to your request, my lord. Ishida was so infatuated with the girl that he was willing to pay the price. He took the girl to his mansion in Gifu, where she was very faithful to her master and popular among the servants, too. She was also found very wise and resourceful and quick-witted, doing things without being told what to do. Because he's a fucking fox! Ishida loved the girl more than he did his wife. However, the girl was exceedingly Jesus. polite. She's a mistress. <laughs> was, he, was he open about that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that sucks. She knew the feeling of Ishida's wife and served her faithfully night and day, and she was loved very much by her mistress. The girl was also kind to the servants and gave them presents, such as wadded garments, sewing needles, face powder, and the like. The girl was skillful in sewing, painting, and hanamushubi, an ornament made of thread in the form of various kinds of flowers oh. and other arts. About half a year later, Shida's duty was to go to Kyoto by the order of Hidkiyoshi, his master. The girl on this occasion told him, Please be faithful to your master and also be prudent in everything you do. Do not ruin yourself by falling for trifling things. In the capital Kyoto, Ishida Kyoto, Kyoto. I know how to say Kyoto. I, I know you do. That's why I was. I was actually. <laughs> I interpreted that as like a correct pronunciation, like Hawaii, when you said uh, Kyoto. I was like, oh, you must have been saying it wrong. No, I just, I just said it I wrong. I just trust you. Kyoto. In that one. I don't speak Japanese. I know you don't, but you're my wife. <laughs> Ishida met Yugaku. The noted priest of the Tako, Tako. I mean, you're like nailing Temple. all these. So like, I just, don't think I. I think you've nailed everyone so far. Yeah. The priest, after gazing at the face of Ishida for a while, said gravely, "You are under the spell of a phantom. Your energy is being sucked away by it, and your life is at stake unless nice. something against it is done immediately." I never fail in my phrenological interpretations. Interpretations. Uh, phrenological. Wow, that's something. Ishida did not believe what was told by the priest. He simply laughed and said to himself, This depraved priest, he's only talking nonsense. Presently, however, Ishida began to show signs of a myth. How did he know I was being sucked? (laughs) I mean, I have been wildly out there with my deep infatuation for my mistress as opposed to my wife, but goddamn, priest. Feudal lords can do whatever they want. Of course they can. It's still improper to call one out to their face. Hmm. 
Right? That's how you get sliced. Carry on, Maddie. <laughs> Samurai is chewing. Look out. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Lyle Wiley makes a really cool uh, historically based uh, YouTube cooking series right now. If you like cooking and you like history, check it out. It's a ton of fun. Yeah, Sola is awesome. Okay. Presently, however, Ishida began to show signs of emaciation. A remarkable change came over his countenance. He looked pale and haggard. He became absent-minded. I feel that pale, haggard, absent-minded. <laughs> Dude, I relate to this character. This is great. <laughs> All possible means to restore his health were tried. However, they were of no avail. As a result, they sent for Yugaku of the Taco Temple. The priest came and said, wearing, wearing a worried look as before, mm-hmm. I never fail in my phrenological interpretations. There's that word again. His life now hangs by a thread. However, he may be saved by the mercy of Buddha. Send him home immediately. Then I will accompany him and pray for his recovery at his, at his Gifu mansion. Gifu's the place, yeah? Yeah, that's where he lives. On reaching the mansion at Gifu, Yugaku, the great priest, erected an altar in the room adjacent to the room where Ishida lay in bed, afflicted with the br- witchery of the fox. Do we want a quick uh, definition of phrenological? Because, I mean, of course you and I both know it. I mean, that's... <laughs> I, is it ghost-related? We, we just both... I mean, obviously, Maddie and I know it, but this is for the listeners. Uh, phrenological refers to the study of the confirmation and especially the contours of the skull based on the former belief that they are indicative of the mental faculties and character of the person. Which, like I said, we both know. <laughs> but I just want to make sure other people knew that. Okay. Thanks for the definition time. Anytime. I didn't know what it mean, but I didn't really care. I had no idea. (laughs) It's just a priest. Anyway. Stupid-ass priest. Around the altar, the priest put up several gohei pendant paper cuttings, usually seen in Shinto shrines or any other sacred place. Those are kind of like staircased, uh, staircase folded. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Offering precious incense and various offerings and prayed confusion to the enemy. And lo, the god of thunder came all of a sudden, riding on a black cloud beating drums of thunder and it rained in torrents the charming woman sitting with the wife at the lord's bedside revealed her natural shape an old fox ran carrying this a skull on its head toward the altar to save its life once again what kind of skull story please the fox however died before reaching the altar the fox was found still with the skull on its head it is said even when it fell dead Ishida was Ishida was restored to health immediately. Several soldiers were sent to capture Koyata, the innkeeper, at Musa. However, his whereabouts were unknown. He seemed to have moved somewhere after selling the fox girl. Yugaku acquired fame for his miraculous power in saving the feudal lord. The end. That guy was getting sucked to death. But she was super nice to the host family before that adopted her. It seemed like she was just kind of being a champ. Yeah, she sucked the feudal lord. Kicking ass with all her artisanal talents and just sucking like crazy. Yeah. I don't know. There doesn't seem to be like, uh, I mean, the feudal feudal lord gets sucked, but he's having a happy time at home. He doesn't really realize it's bad Mm -hmm. until that goddamn nosy priest gets involved. Mm -hmm. These foxes aren't doing anything wrong. It's It's just like, Oh. A fox will abide to its nature. Yeah. 
And Fox's nature is to suck, as we all know. And we've all experienced. It's just like in the Green Knight. When that talking spirit fox was leading them around, and every time they would go to rest, there was a <laughs> cut scene. Okay. So, we've talked about, that covered a lot of the powers of the Kitsune, right? The, cha- the shape-shifting, and then able to do a lot of different talents, and then this. magic, and yeah. sucking the life out of people. Yeah, and the kind of sexually promiscuous nature of these goddamn woodland critters. So, now on to a different part of Kitsune, uh, which is very important. The Kitsune B, the Foxfire. So it's their trademark, you know. Oh, like the uh, their internet browser? It's Firefox. It's the exact... It has a multi-tailed fox in its logo. Hmm. Anyway, there are four kinds. Uh, there's a bunch of small lights given off at once by a fox... There's uh, just one or two fireballs shown by a fox. Several magnificent buildings with all the windows lit, as presented by a fox. And a kitsune no yumkiri, a fox wedding procession, which has lights. Oh, shit. So, So, uh, are these coming out of the foxes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The foxes produce fire. Okay. Is it glandular? Magic, dude. Okay, well, magic can be glandular. Foxes have been seen breathing fire and also stroking their tails to emit flames. <laughs> it is also seen yeah. as white egg-like stone, which yeah, burns brightly okay. at night, but not in the daytime. So, like, they have a stone that they put light into. Classic magic time. All right, you just told me not to be cross, but uh, I'm, I'm sorry, you're making... You're, you're paving away. There's many magic tales where you, like, put light into a stone or a crystal, and that's, like, a thing. It's, like, the same thing. When you stroke your tail to make that white light... Well, that makes fire. Yeah. And I'm saying white yeah. egg-like stone that yeah. burns brightly. It's different. They're two different kinds. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you're, you're weird sometimes. Yeah, Kitsune that's me. can that's also me. make firelight by holding horse and cow bones in their mouth. Oh, specifically those, though? That's what it says. Put a pig bone in that mouth? Nothing. No idea. Nothing. Horse bone? Lighten up. So, there's another short story about... Lighting. About their ability to light illuminate things? Yeah. Cool. Here's an account of a fox's torch written in Arinomama, an ancient book. Jirobe, a farmer living in my village, had the experience of seeing a fox's torch, says the author. One night, Jirobe, the farmer, saw a light on the road, not like the one carried by a man. A strange sort of light. He was a plucky fellow, so he approached it stealthily without fear. He found a fox in a dried-up stream, eating fish ravenously, walking here and there. A torch was burning on the bank. The farmer took up the torch and frightened off the fox. When returned home, Jirobe found the torch in his hand was a cow shin bone. When he flourished the bone on a dark night, it emitted a bright fluorescent light. It was so bright, in fact, that he could take it with him in a place of a lantern when walking along the road at night. The fox tried to retrieve the torch. However, every effort seemed fruitless. One evening, Jirobe's cow got loose. The farmer went out to look for the cow, carrying the fox's torch with him. He finally found the cow, and he dragged it into the stable, putting the torch on the ground. However, when he came out of the stable, the fluorescent torch was gone. The cow, they said, got loose because of the trick on the fox. Uh, because of the trick on the part of the fox. 
The fox was successful in it, in retrieving its tor- <laughs> So that's the foxtail thing. I swear that rings a very distant bell in my mind of some kind of like item in a video game that you can equip that was given to you by a fox that illuminates your way. Yes. Yes. Do you is doing the same for you or are you just agreeing that it most likely has been incorporated in such a way? I think um, I'm just agreeing with you. Okay, that works. That's Foxfire. There's a bunch of those. Those are Fox facts. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things about Kisune come from this really old book called the Konjaku Monogatari okay. by Minamoto no Takakuni. It consists of 31 volumes in three sections which have to do with three different areas of geographical origin, in which case there are lots of spiritual foxes. When was this written? Good question. Forget this, this to write it down. Pretty good question, but no, it's fine. Um, it's old. 1612. So the three sections are Tenjiku, which is India, Shintan, which is China, and Japan. Actually, here, while you describe, let me find out. Is it the Konjaku Monogatari? Konjaku Monogatari. Um, So this book was the first to portray the Kitsune as a hero in their own story. That's not my favorite story from this book, so we're just going to read a different one. But it's interesting to note that Kitsune can be heroes instead of just like mischievous little things. The early 12th century. The early 12th century. Okay, so that's where that came from. Um, so here's my favorite story from the, no, I forgot what it's called. Congestion <laughs> uh, Yeah. So here's my favorite story from the Konjaku Monogatari. Um, and it's called The Story of a Fox Coming Disguised as a Wife. Ooh. So. Ooh. Once my, the wife My of, wife? Yep. My wife. My wife is a fox. <laughs> is that where that comes from? No. Can we say emphatically on this podcast that when someone is foxy, it's because they're not their wife, but in fact a fox wearing a young girl's skull? You can say that. I will. Okay. <laughs> so That's done. Once the wife of a Zoshiki wife. went out at desk on an urgent business. What was the business? Urgent. She did not, however, come home for quite a long while. Her husband naturally felt it strange. After a while, however, the wife returned home to the relief of the husband. Yeah, we feel that way when wives return home. Then, to his surprise, another woman entered the house. That is surprising. Usually, like, if Maddie leaves because she's just like, I fucking need gas. And then she comes back and like, I've met Cindy. She's here now. And I'm just like, "Mm, well, it's not, I didn't expect Cindy, but... Welcome to the mix. She was a woman. She was a woman exactly like his wife. The same face, the same figure, the same voice, the same manner, in the same dress. I don't like that. I don't like Cindy, Maddie. The Zoshiki samurai was puzzled, to say the least of it. One of them must be a fox or something in the guise of my wife, he thought. How to tell one from the other? This was a very difficult thing for me to decide. Oh, no. If this is anything like European stories, it's not going to... Go well. It's a short one. 
In desperation, the Zoshiki finally pulled out his sword from its sheath in an yeah. attempt to kill yeah. the woman yeah, yeah, coming yeah, yeah, home yeah, after yeah, the first yeah. one. I figured that would be the route he'd go. Said the woman crying, Are you going to kill me? Have you lost your mind? Then the man, again in desperation, and reckless... Abandon? Reckless nothing, rushed toward the woman, returning first, with the sword raised overhead. The woman screamed and implored him to spare her, clasping her hands. Okay. Yeah, that's... I mean... Sorry. Side Sidebar. Huh. As someone that now has a wife, uh, my gut reaction wouldn't be to kill, like, Shadow Maddie. On the off chance that it is Maddie. But... <laughs> At yeah. this juncture, however, her behavior raised suspicion in the mind of the Sushiki. Obviously, because if, if his real wife is saying, Are you going to kill me? Have you lost your mind? Yeah, I have! <laughs> And then the other woman is like, no, please spare me. He's like, oh, that's not my wife. <laughs> Therefore, he seized her by the arm as he wanted to take her captive. This woman, however, turned herself instantly into the shape of a fox, made water on the man, and whoa, ran away. Whoa, whoa, okay, whoa, whoa, dive into that. Let's peel back this onion. He made, she made water on the man. Yeah, she pissed on him. She, okay. All right. she, are you sure she didn't spit on him? Fox. Foxes are just known to Foxes go straight spit. for the piss. Foxes don't spit. They turn into people. They seduce people. They're great at crafts. She turned into a fox and then pissed on him and then ran away through the open door barking and disappeared into the gathering twilight. That rips. The samurai was angry with the fox for making a fool of him. And for covering him in piss. But it was now too late. He should have set his mind to work a little earlier. Yeah, he should have. It was his fault. In the first place, he should have caught both of them and bound them with ropes. If he had done so, the fox would have revealed its natural shape sooner or later. Yep. However, the fox was lucky in effecting its escape. Wives can't spray piss. <laughs> the animal <laughs> had evidently seen the wife of the Soshiki and wanted to disguise itself as the wife for fun. In mm. such a case, one should be cautious not to be deceived by such a crafty and mischievous beast as the fox. Yeah. The Soshiki was also lucky not to have killed his own wife. Yeah, I guess you could call that lucky. Yeah. I guess you could call that lucky <laughs> and not reckless endangerment. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. This is really a best-case scenario where you just get pissed on and a yeah, demon runs it. out of your house. That's really funny. That fucking rules. That's the only story we need to tell tonight. <laughs> it's got swords and wives and piss. Okay. Those are the cornerstones of a good story. So we've covered... Just going through it. We've covered Foxfire. Yes. We've covered shape-shifting and life-sucking and special mystic powers. Yes. We've covered Inari, the god thingies. Yes. And god foxes. And now we're going to talk about the last part that really is, like, super inherent in the Kitsune myth. What is it? Which is Kitsune Suki, or fox possession. Um, Wait. So how was that last tale... Not essentially fox possession. Because fox possession is possessing oh, another person. Right, because it was just transmogrifying. Yeah. It, it just changed its form to be my beautiful wife. Right, right. And then piss on me when I came at it with a sword. Yeah, so... These people are possessed by foxes. So that was like a fox in a person. Well, a fox being a person. And this is a fox getting in deep inside you. Well, it's, it's influencing the mind of a person. But the fox, well, or possessing it. Yeah, so the fox gets up in your guts. Spirit-wise, though. Spirit. Are you possession. saying his corporeal fox body is left out on the floor? 
I'm not sure what it does, but I'm saying it's a spirit possession. Of well, Fox. then I'm going with I'm going with my internal dialogue. Okay. So yeah, the first appearance of Fox possession is also seen in the book Konjakumo no Katari. Mm-hmm. The woman possessed by a fox who repaid the samurai by protecting him from robbers at night. Tell me, there's pissing involved in this. Um, no. Damn it. So, in general, it was just a woman. So, this story is really weird, actually. So, it's like a okay, woman who's... as opposed a, to the last few? Yeah. So... Because those are pretty straightforward, normal day-to-day activities, <laughs> slice of life kind of things. But this one kind of is. So, like, a woman who is a fox, like, they can tell that she's a fox. She's playing with one of a, a tamari ball, and it's, like, her favorite thing. And wait, then this, wait, wait, let me backtrack for a quick second. A hmm. woman that you can tell is a fox. Like, they know it's a fox, but she's transformed into a woman. So she's, and she's like, pretty. hunting rats? No, no, no. She's... It's like a fox woman. She's a human person. A human person that, that is a fox. Always a fox. Yeah. So what What characteristics? Like, what, what do you do in that scenario? It's just known that she's a fox. Yeah, but, I mean, let's just say our friend Sandra... We know Sandra's a fox. What's she doing? I was about to tell you. Burrowing. But then you interrupted me. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was help. So, starting over. Sandra. (laughs) The woman possessed by a fox. So, this story, basically, the first one that we see. There's a woman who's possessed by a fox. Mm. She's a normal woman, but we know a fox possessed her. There we go. So, like, Sandra two days ago was normal, normal Sandra. Sandra today. Fox possessed. Just trying to get under under trees, chasing yeah. rats. So. Generally. She's not doing anything super weird, Foxy, but she is playing with a tamari ball, which is generally a, ten, a children's store. so fucking Foxy. And she plays with a ball back and forth. And then oh, the samurai, because she's, like, cute, takes the ball and then... The lady gets, like, super pissed. She's like, hey, that's my ball. Like, give it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's like, if you give the ball back to me, then I'll, like, repay you, like, a debt because I'm a kitsune. And he's like, all right. Then then he gives the ball back, and then she's like, okay, cool. And then she has her ball. Is her nose wet? And then then the samurai is later. He's, like, walking alone at night. Samurai? Wait. The samurai that took the ball. Okay. Did I miss the fact that he was a samurai? He's a samurai. Oh, shit, yeah. So, he's walking alone at night, he gets a creepy feeling, he's like, oh shit, I'm about to get bounced, or whatever, mm, mm-hmm. and he's like, Classic Kisune, samurai quote, yeah. Kisune, <laughs> come, back, come out, I, you said you would help me, I gave you your ball back, even though I was a dick, and I took it originally. She's like, yo, I'm Sandra, hey! <laughs> he's like, come out and help me, and then she does end up, the fox itself comes mm. and protects him from robbers. In fox form, not in Sandra form? In fox form. Okay. So she protected him from robbers at night. How? She just, like, came and, like, she, like, distracted them, and then he got away. I I have to. Yeah, okay. What good is a fox going to do that a samurai can't? She's magic. Foxes are magic. Yeah, I know, but (laughs) they make lights. They scurry. And they can bend space and time, and they can transform okay, okay, into anything. Yeah, 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 but it didn't say she did that. She didn't rip the universe asunder, according to this story. What did she do? I know I don't expect you to have an answer. I have read the story, but I forgot specifically what she did. Oh, shit. And I feel like you're interrogating me, and oh, I no, feel no, bad no, about no, myself. No, 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 no. I don't want to. <laughs> no, shit. 
changed the reality stone. She thanos it. It's good. So she saved him from robbers, she okay? She sure did. And it's cool. She pulled that house down. And that's nice. So that's the first time where a fox-possessed person does something cool. And that's, that's in the... the first time? Yeah. And that's the first appearance of fox possession is in the book of Kanjaku Monogatari. So, however, it's also like a disease, essentially. What? So, like, 800, 900 years ago, it's a disease in Japan. Both... Hot, there's like two different kinds of possession by fox. So there's the high class possession of Kitsune, so like really powerful foxes. That would be like the one that we saw um, in like with that lady. Lovecraft Country. No. No. Damn it. But I mean, okay, that's a totally different fox, but it would be that kind of thing where it's like she's functioning as a human person, mm-hmm. but like taken over by the fox. Yes. Okay, and then there's low-class kitsune that are kind of like, they just do, like, random shit, and they kind of still act like foxes, and sometimes you can see fox-like features on them still because they're not, like, that good at the transformation. Mm. So when possessed by high-class kitsune, it's really difficult to notice any difference when they're bewitched, right? So they could be suffering from mental illness, and they have weird quirks, so they don't like their armpits touched, stuff like that. Whoa, sorry, what was the last bit? <laughs> that was specifically well, written, up. that they don't like their armpits touched. I feared it would have been specifically written, but can we delve into that for a moment? And then there are symptoms like delusion, illusions, abnormal consciousness. And then Kisune will possess people who have been entranced by the tales or are too honest and simple. So, nice people with big imaginations and honest people. No idea. What, That's just yeah, what it says. I mean, foxes don't like their armpits touched. Don't God. don't touch fox armpits. Foxes don't like it tickled. They don't like it. They don't like it tickled in their bits. No. So if like you meet a human person and they don't like being tickled, they're a fox. Sure. Yo, I think my fucking wife's a fox. <laughs> she don't like being tickled none. So low cast Houston a possession is easier to spot. The foxes ask for their favorite food, which is usually, usually like azuki mishi rice or and red bean, um, or say they're servants of Inari and what have you, and then you just pray the fox away, and then they are exercised. Pray the fox away. Yeah, you know, it's very Christian. Pray Jesus the fox away. Jesus Christ. I mean, I, Christianity is not really a part of this, but no, feels but very yeah. I mean, Baptist. that sentiment. Um, cool. It's like fox conversion therapy. Also, there's like new fox possession. Where it kind of seems to come with a legitimate <laughs> Is illness. Is N U with an umlaut? Like no. corn? Um, so the afflicted person describes the affliction as being caused by a fox. After a month or so, many of the patients leave the hospital cured. They're fine. It's like a is cultural this, this thing. This is coming still from that 12th century, uh, right? No, this is coming from the 1961 book. So people are going to the hospital with fox problems? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. People go, in, people go in hospital with uh, fox maladies and they can't be tickled? I mean, it's still a thing that's, like, prevalent in Japanese culture, right? But fox I don't know possession? about... Well, just, like, the influence of foxes in general. I don't know about fox possession. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that tracks. Cool. So, speaking of modern Japan... Yeah, let's speak about it. There's, like, fox words and expression in Japanese that are kind of cute. 
Remember when I was talking earlier about like fox face beauties, that I kind do. of thing. Yes. So a woman's charm and beauty is enhanced and making her look more delectable, delectable and erotic by the charm and fascination of Kitane. It has to do with those all those kind of like wood prints and paintings of those women that are like really beautiful. Mm-hmm. The Shibae play pictures. So there's a bunch of like fox women there. And they're generally like very pretty. Um, there's also like a bunch of words and like idiomatic phrases and like foods and things named after Kisne. So I thought I'd share a couple of them because they're pretty funny. A superstition, there's a fox wedding. So a kitsuk no yomakiri. When it rains with the sun shining brightly, they say in Japan that a fox bride is going to a bridegroom's house. Hmm. A romantic superstition. It's still in use. So can you say that one more time? A f- fox is going to your bride's house? Bridegroom's house. What does that mean? A groom. Bride's groom's house? Yeah, so it's like her so, groom. So why wouldn't you just say groom's house? Bridegroom. Okay. That was the confusion life for me. Yeah, bridegroom. Also, fun uh, little game. When you think fox-faced person, who comes to mind? One, two, three. Uh, what came to mind to me was a character in an anime. Okay, so not a real human. It's not a real human. There's also Fox's Luck, Kitsune Fuku, an unexpected good luck. Like making a fox ride on a horse's back. That's an idiomatic phrase. They say so when anybody or anything is shaky or unsteady. Like when someone's nervous? Yes. And then there's also food named after foxes. So foxes flavored rice, which is kitsune zushi. Boiled rice with fried bean curds flavored with vinegar. What is uh, fox flavored rice? Like what makes it that? I just said so. Boiled rice with fried bean curds flavored with vinegar. Oh, I thought that was the description of the next thing, the thing that followed it. Okay. Fox's macaroni, which is kitsune udon, macaroni with fried bean curds. It's very bean-related. Yeah, bean-centric kind of. And Fox's boiled rice, which is kitsune mishi, rice boiled with soy. Interesting. There are also things named after kitsune. So it's all bean and soy-centric, though, with those... is there a relation to the fox with beans? Um, they like beans. Red just beans. like actual foxes do? And it's just like mythical foxes like red beans. That's oh, like their thing. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What is that? There's the fox's penis, the kisu no chimpo. Oh, so A kind of toadstool. <laughs> so, a phallus okay. regulosus in the parlance of botany. Tight. So that's a fox stick mushroom? In, 14th, in 4th century Japan, Kitsun no Shinpo, the real one, not the toadstool, was called Kitun. Now an obsolete word. It sounds like Kitsune, interestingly, from the etymological point. What? Are you telling strange. me that Kitsune etymologically comes from no. fox stick? No, no, no. Okay, I got it. You're just really excited. And- I was. I am. I will be. And there's lots of other things. There's like fishes, razors, and candles, and grandchilds. Sorry, what? Plants. Mostly plants. Animals. One of those things is not like the other. Well, fox's grandchild, Kitsun no Mago, an annual plant found in the field in spring that eat its young leaves. 
So mm-hmm. foxes do. Okay. Cool beans. Okay. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Was that intentional? Yes. That was very good. I know. I'm so smart. Yeah, you're funny. <laughs> the last thing that's super modern that has to do with foxes and has to do with telephone companies. This yes, is from yes, the yes, Chafugu yes, yes. article. There's no real, like, nobody really knows why this is. So there's three different stories about why foxes to have to do with the phone. Basically, when you answer the phone in Japanese, one informal way to do so is to say, moshi moshi. There are three explanations about why this is a thing that's, like, a cultural phenomenon. Obviously, you wouldn't use this in, like, a business meeting or something, but, like, people do it when they answer the phone, and, like, anime, it happens all the time, especially, I'm thinking, like, specifically of Hunter x Hunter, which is maybe Hunter x Hunter, but nobody says that. I Where, like, they answer them, and they're like, so moshi moshi. Right anyway. <laughs> so, there's three explanations, and they're all great, so I'm going to say all of them. The first explanation, foxes can't pronounce moshi moshi. They can't, though. They just can't. Have you ever heard one try, Maddie? Foxes can't pronounce Moshi Moshi properly. Why would I care about foxes when answering the phone? A valid question. If you're not aware of the dangers of foxes, basically, they can always trick you. They can shift-shift, create illusions, etc. They're really fun. So if a kitsune is calling you on the phone, it's like a thing where obviously it could be a fox trying to trick you and you don't know because you can't see it. So... That's why people started saying on the phone, Moshi Moshi, when answering the phone. So you're proving that that you're not a fox. And then you hear that callback of Moshi Moshi as well. That's what I've always heard, is that it's a a proving thing. Mm -hmm. Because foxes can't say it. And so that's how you know, because the phone is a non-visual form of communication, you say that because you can't be tricked if someone else replies with it. According to the Japanese folklorist Lafacio Hearn, which is obviously studying of Japanese culture, so grain of salt, foxes can't speak words fully. A fox knocks, here's like a quote where it says, so a fox knocks at a door with its tail. If you open, then you will see a man or perhaps a beautiful girl who will talk to you in only fragments of words, but nevertheless in such a way that you can perfectly understand. So a fox cannot pronounce a whole word, but only a part, as in nisha for nishida-san. Or degos for degoto masu, or ush de for uchi desuka. And from this, the moshi moshi myth was born. The idea of fox's speech impediment eventually evolved into the legend of their verbal Achilles heel, moshi moshi, etc. Fascinating. A verbal Achilles heel. I, I, yeah, we never came across in the other stories you've told tonight so far, like a stutter or an issue with their linguistic capabilities. But remember the stories that I talked about were of the high-class kitsune and not the lower-class one. So, okay, well, is that implying that... The lower-class kitsune, they're the ones where you can kind of see the tail. You can kind of see that they're, like, not quite human. just a tad more dumpy. They're just a little more dumpy. Okay. Not as splendid. (laughs) Explanation. Yeah, that's true. The opposite of dumpy is splendid. (laughs) Explanation number two. Ghosts can't say moshi twice. There are three explanations. This theory was uncovered by a friend of this article, friend of Tofugu, Gakuraman. I don't know who that is. You can read all about it in his blog, wherever that man is. Anyway, apparently Japanese ghosts can only say Moshi once. Why? Ghost logic. Don't know. That's just the way it is. You know, you protect yourself from ghosts. Ghosts can't do this thing. You're automatically protected. There you go. (laughs) 
does that that's that, that's that holds water so let's say you're walking around in the Edo period and you see somebody you know you want to call out to them but it's nighttime and it's spooky so you get close to them and you say moshi and they might get they might get scared when someone says moshi to me when i'm just walking along the streets i get fucking scared yeah. moshi yeah well fuck you but then if you say moshi moshi i'm cool yeah it's fine <laughs> then What's up? this ensures the listener that the voice calling out to them in the dark and spooky night is in fact a human friend and not a ghost it's like if I say hey to you when you're, like, loading a suitcase into the trunk of your car in a dark uh, parking garage. Mm-hmm. Just going, hey! That's going to be freaky. And yeah. I go, hey, hey! That's a little more friendly. You're ready to approach this person and be like, hey, dark stranger. Speak. This last one is my favorite. Okay. So I don't know how it could be your favorite after that last one, but it's true. Go for it. Explanation number three. Telephone operators did it. So... <sighs> This one is 5G. perhaps the most plausible. On December 16th, 19... Sorry, 1890. 1890? 1890. Telephones huh? were first introduced to Japan. Hot shit. Wait. Really? This date is Telephone Day. Denwa no Hi in Japan. I love telephone. Do they celebrate Telephone Day? Don't know. At oh. the time, only rich people were able to afford telephones, Avi. Being yeah. rich... Yeah, they were that. used to talking down to others. Thus, the standard telephone hello was oi oi or hey you. Or shut up, plebe. The person on the other end would respond with hi, yo ganamasu. No gazamasu. Hi, it's great being rich as fuck. You gazamasu. Are hi, you rich too? Of course you are. I'm speaking to you on a telephone. Right. Both of these are humble ways of saying, yes, I'm ready, meaning the person calling is ready to talk. I bet it's humble. Of course, this um, abrupt "Hey, you!" got on people's nerves when telephone operators used it. So, oi, oi was changed to "Mushihagamasu." Mushihagamasu was eventually shortened to "Musu Musu" for male operators and uh, "Mushi yeah. Mushi" for female operators. Some male operators still use "Oi Oi" for a while. The person who made the change from "Musu Musu" or "Mushi Mushi" on the telephone was Shinigori Katuji. He was an electrician. Trace it back to one specific person? That's he, awesome. He was an electrician for the Ministry of Engineering and went on to work for Ana, Anaka Sisakusho. He traveled to the United States in 1889 to study a telephone system. During his visit, Kochuji-san learned Americans say hello when answering the phone. Kochuji's American host asked what the telephone greeting was in Japan. He wasn't sure what to tell him. It was either oi oi or mushi masu. Musumusu or Mushimushi, it would have required a lot of explanation. So he just decided to tell Americans, Japanese people, say Moshi Moshi, and it means hello. This Gosh. gave him the idea of a standardized telephone hello, which he brought back to Japan. Soon after, in 1893, the term Mushimusu was shortened to Mosumosu and Mushimushi, and was shortened to Moshi Moshi. After a while, there are fewer male telephone operators than female, so Mosu Mosu eventually disappeared and Moshi Moshi became the standard. Because that was similar to Musu Mushi, Mushi, right? Yeah. Historians say this happened after 1902. Both men and women use Moshi Moshi after that. So um, would you say it's probably likely that that is the true story, yet explanation number one kind of was created out of it? As though, like, a mythos was born regarding the Shinto belief in Kintsuge and kind of, like, put meaning behind what was essentially a stupid, mundane, and very down-to-earth story. 
Well, it could be, like, that's what happened, and then they're like, well, what about the foxes? And they're like, well, remember, foxes can't say full words, and they're like, oh, yeah, moshi moshi is too hard. Yeah. Well, so I mean, foxes can't say it. Like, they could just explain it. It's that, and it's also, it's more fun to, like, think things have meaning rather than just have, it's, it's you know, it's like when you, um, what's the term for when you see a face in something? Mm-hmm. Do you know the term? I mean, I wish I could have it right now. There is like a Latin thing where you... Yeah, you're just seeing faces and patterns. Uh, it, I feel like that applies here where you're, you you want there to be a deeper meaning and an easier way to connect with something. So rather than just kind of this being a marketable Occam's razor way of dealing with, you know, this new technology of telephones, I feel like people probably... Uh, put folklore into it to give reason to it and greater credibility to why it is we say this thing. It's also a thing, like, when they first started introducing telephones into, like, the general public. This is the same article said that the, like, phone companies got, like, constant complaints that foxes were, like, calling them. Well, they probably were. That, like... Fo- like mythical foxes were there for like ringing people's doors and like tricking them and just like constantly calling the phone. <laughs> I mean, it was they were all probably impersonating their wives and pissing on like them a and thing. stealing skulls and yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot foxes of fox complaints. Fucking suck. Are there any the foxes left in Japan? Mm-hmm. Even with all the pissing and skull thievery and wife impersonation, they're still sacred creatures. Yeah, but th- and there's the, the Nari ones pull? as well. Well, that's all I got. That's Kintsugi, Maddie. So, Thank you so much for this incredible research and this amazing storytelling. You actually stayed really locked on tonight. This was less ADD storytelling than the last few that we recorded. Even though this is episode two and we haven't recorded any others save for this one. Well, Don't have, worry about that. I have a that. research outline, but... We haven't, we haven't like, uh, abandoned any other scripts here. But yeah, no, Maddie, that was fantastic. Thank you so much. Aw, well, you don't have to be this polite every time. You can just be like, okay, I'm not, you've, I'm done not, the, you've done the research now, I'm it's not fine, being, I'm whatever. Not, I'm not that. being polite, you're my <laughs> wife. <laughs> Please send any stories that you want us to research, or any ghost stories, or any cool, like, tall tales, or anything that you really think would be super interesting that we would like, to our Gmail, which is addstoryteller, as in E-R instead of I-N-G, at gmail.com. There's no breaks or anything in it. Um, also, if you want to correct anything that I said about anything from this, yeah, I will eventually implement some sort of corrections corner, and Same. we can have a corrections time, because, you know, I am just a middle school math teacher and not a professor of research. And from I'm a professional dipshit, so, yeah, I am anything. certain many of the things I've said tonight have been incorrect or... Uh, also, I would love eventually to have, like, read-in stories, like, stories that people send that where we could do a whole episode on that, like they no, do in sure. My Favorite Murder, where they read all the fan mm-hmm. stories and murders and whatever that people send in. So we like ghost stories, we like mythology, mm-hmm. we like tall tales, we like that one thing that your grandma used to say about the ha- the house that was haunted, and then that... You know, the people that you saw one night when you were walking alone and that kind of thing. I want to hear all of that stuff. Modern mythology. If you, you were ever on the ghost, uh, if you were ever on the ghost ship, the Queen Mary, and you saw a ghost, want to hear that. I have. I have, have I told you that story? 
Okay, well, we'll share this later. But yeah, I have a Queen Mary ghost story for us all. Also, we love smut. We love fan fiction. We love anything you want to send in. If you want to just send us inundate us, yeah, give us everything you got. Fan art. I mean, also, this is episode two, but it'd be yeah hard pressed to assume you'd want to make any fan art. But you know what? I don't know. You're your own person. You might be a fox that is extremely skilled in artisanal crafts. Send us what you got. Okay. Um, This is ADD Storytelling. Thank you so much for joining us. Come visit us next episode. We got more myth and stories and all the things for you next time. That was Maddie. I am Tucker. Thank you so much. Have a good day.